Oh, you, by the way, you come in when I say the word feel to be funny. We words feel to be funny. You, it'll make sense. Don't come in yet. Okay. okay. Oh, hi, you're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all of the good, bad and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I used to work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. I'd like to welcome our guest, comedian Eric Helwig. Eric is originally from everywhere and now lives out here in L.A., He's also the host and creator of Bring in the Backups, which is a hilarious podcast you should all go listen to right now. Eric has a face you have for sure seen on your TVs before from being on America's Got Talent, MTV, Nat Geo, National Geographic folks, and Comedy Central. Of all of those, I desperately want to know about Nat Geo, but we'll get there. Eric also is eventually going to set up a Patreon where you can give him money, but for now you can just send him money and he will be stoked and you can go to his website and it's really obvious how to do that. I better know Eric from the tiny world that is house parties on Halloween in LA where his beloved wife decided that the movie Rudy was trash. She told me this and I didn't light the house on fire and immediately leave. And she actually also talks about it on Eric's podcast and she has a shot for shot reason why the movie's trash. I disagreed. It's fine. Go listen to the episode. Get real mad. That said, Eric, tell us how fun being a comic is. How is AGT? How much pressure do you feel to always be funny? Tell us all the things. I have a question for you. Yeah. Was it flappers? <laughs> was what flappers? Where <laughs> I worked? You said a successful oh, no. comedy club. I no. assume it was flappers. No, because everyone's club. had a terrible time there. No, it was a comedy <laughs> store. <laughs> no, I know. Oh, okay. There's only two clubs, but no, <laughs> it's funny to shit on flappers. I actually love flappers. They give me so many spots. So out of all the clubs in LA, I like you were like, if there's anything you say that could get you in trouble in your career before we started recording, the first word out of my mouth was like, fuck the only place that gives me an opportunity. No. Wait, why do you think people shit on it though? Because people like to shit on things there and, it is. and it's the easiest way to do it because it's the only club that gives them spots. Hello. And if there was an, and if there was another club that gave them spots, they'd shit on that place too, because we're a bunch of miserable idiots. <laughs> Oh, it's so honest. We're starting so honest. Oh, I'm such a fan. That's what it is. That's yeah. what it is. Like, there's no reason to shit on a place that's giving you an opportunity to perform. Well, you know? I can tell you why from a, a reason I have heard is that because the city is a partial investor, like the city of Burbank is a partial investor in the property. That's why there's like a limit to how many alcoholic beverages you can consume mm. as a customer and why it's like, no, 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 no. We're a restaurant. We are a full blown restaurant. Do you want spaghetti? And they can get you all those things. It's because Burbank bank is an investor. I don't know if that's true, but I was told that. Anyway, you can see me at Flappers <laughs> next weekend. I'm doing five minutes in the YooHoo room at 2 a.m. Everybody should come check it out. It's going to be a really good time. <laughs> Order some spaghetti. We're going to have a great time. Their okay. food is great. Their, the their food is great. They do have very good food. That's right. What if this was the whole podcast? We Stop. never get to any of your other, we just evaluate Flappers. I would love it, actually. I would really love it. Do you, are, do you have listeners? Are your listeners in like LA or are they all across They're the They're all over the, the world, actually. Yeah, we have a global audience. The majority of our audience is in the US, but we have a global audience. Oh, so this is a useless conversation yep. to talk about a comedy club in Burbank, great. California. Correct. No one knows what we're talking about. That's fine. Let's lean in harder. Yeah. So how do you spell flappers? Okay. No, truly, what do you like about, so what got you into comedy? Because you're, you're a military child. I'm a military, I'm a military child. I I've never Brad. been said that way I know, before. Because people say Brad, don't they? And yeah. I think that's so rude. You're a military child. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm, I'm okay with military brat, but a military child sounds cooler <laughs> for some reason. You're welcome. Um, what got me into comedy? I don't know. Like, I feel like I tried a lot of other jobs to, you know, like I'll be like a funny teacher. I'll be like a funny journalist. Is my, my dog, do you hear my dog? I do, but, but he's a lot. He's real cute. He is cute. Is it okay if he comes in? Sure. Is that going to like mess up the flow? Yeah, no, bring him in. Gordon. Leave this part in. Okay, do. I am going to. Wait, he has the most adorable pit that looks like a tank. Hi, Gordon. Oh, my goodness. Hi, Bubba. You want to get up here? Did I block your face? You want to get up here? Okay, okay. He found it. Gordon found a bone. bone. He found his bone. Yeah, he's like, fuck you guys. I just want to bone. Okay. So Gordon's going to finish up. Here, Gordon, get up there. Wait, Good boy. Wait, I'm going to give you, wait, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'll put it on the floor. Just pass it over. Oh, pass it over? Okay. Yeah, leave all of this all of in. This is all of this This is, is all good stuff. This, is all, this feels good. This feels like the audience, not only do they not care about flappers, they don't care about the dog they can't see, but if you could see him, y'all would if love him. If you could him. see it, right now, he's in he's in a prime spot to get pets. Yep, yep. He's just doing it. And we go take a picture of him. Okay, when we you're getting the, my dog is cute, full experience right now. I love now. it. I mean, but he is cute. I think it's very cute. It's a pit bull chewing a bone, so it could be viewed as horrifying by yeah. a lot of people. But well, it's a human bone, so it's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's fine. He's, he's it's having a good time. It's his previous owner. <laughs> good. Okay, wait. Go back. Why? So you, you're, you're from all, the globe. I'm you're from a, the globe. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so what did that Why mean? did I do comedy? That yeah. was the question. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. I'm fucked yeah. up. Next okay. question. Okay, <laughs> easy enough. Uh, and then do you love it? Do you love doing comedy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I definitely. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Okay. So where, at what point did you have enough times that you bombed in a row and you were like, I still want to do this? Or was there a point when you bombed 10 times in a row and you were like, fuck this, I'm out? Uh, no, I, well, I, when I first moved to New York, I was 22. I had graduated college a year before. Oh, you and graduated early. You're very smart. I did. Well, I started school overseas, so that's oh, why I, I was a little young. Nerd. Um, so yeah, I graduated college. I was 21, and then I kind of saved up money working at a timeshare company, <laughs> which is we can talk about that we'll if you want. Um, it's I'm ashamed, obviously. Yeah, we're that's in the next section. So talk and then, about uh, all the good stuff now. But then I moved to New York, and I started doing like everything, like because I I didn't do anything creative really in college except for I hosted a radio show. You have a radio but I wasn't voice. like an actor. I didn't do stand up or I just liked being funny with my friends and we would like shoot sketches. So when I moved to New York, I was like, I'll do everything. So I took like stand, I did stand up, I did improv, I did sketch, I did acting classes. And without a doubt, the hardest thing was stand up, especially like that time in New York, people were really pretty mean. Like I'd say, what does that mean? In the, oh, just like you would go up at a mic and then the next four comics would just shit on you for being new. Well, and it was like, at the time, I like a lot of people that talk about that era of open mic, <laughs> it's so dumb to call it an era, yeah. but they were, they would say, uh, it's, it toughened you up. It, for me, I was just like, this is miserable. Meanwhile, I'm in an improv class. I'm getting laid by the third week. Like improv, everybody's like, let's, yes, and I'll suck your dick. So I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> That's a million times better. So I did, I like fell into improv for years in New York and didn't really commit to stand up until I was maybe 27 or 28. Okay. And, and now I obviously have grown up and I stopped doing improv, but no offense if you still do improv, by the way. You. Do you do improv? I do. I'm so well, sorry. It, well, the pandemic killed it. So oh, I don't know a who's death doing worth, it now. A death worth a well dying. Earned, well, well earned death. Screw you. All right. Did so you, you do UCB? Where, where were you no, doing? No, I did uh, Second City's where I, I found my wings. That's where and I then started. I did I o Second City Hollywood? No, Second City Sh used to be in New York. 
Oh, get so out So I of took here. the last ever Second City class in New York. Are you why they closed, do you think? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Bad. Okay. So, and then, and then you did it out here or you've only done? No, so I only did it in New York. So okay. I did Second City and okay. then I graduated their whatever pilot New York class. Yeah. And then at the, my graduation, they were like, we're leaving New York. This is the last class we're ever going to teach here. Oh my God. So maybe it was me. I think it was your fault. And then I did uh, the pit oh, and the UCB. Pits? You didn't love the pit? No, I liked it. I just feel, I don't want to shit on improv this early in the podcast. Too late. You already did. No, it's like, and I'm like, now I'm like my wife shitting on Rudy. Like you have <laughs> another thing you love. This is just the- You're just here to hurt me. Ruin things that Kate loves podcast. <laughs> that is. No, I just, I- Oh, oh sorry. Gordon, okay, Gordon. Did he drop the bone? All right. That's the femur of a man <laughs> <No>. I murdered. <laughs> it's the skull actually. Go uh, ahead. No, like I just, I did it a lot. And I, there was a period where I was like, I didn't, I was not an actor, but because I was doing improv, I got a commercial agent and then I started booking all these auditions. So my life kind of became about improv and acting and it's not really what I wanted to do. I feel mm -hmm. like it kind of took me away from just doing stand up, which is what I was just too scared to do for a long time. That's what I was going to ask. Okay. So once I just committed to stand up, I was like, oh, I think I need to be done with improv. Like, I don't think I, I didn't have it in me to do both. Yeah. I mean, did you ever see that improv movie with Birbiglia? Yeah. I love that film, but it's uh, honest. That movie made me quit. Get out of here. That, Cause you're like, I, I don't want to live this life forever. I went to go with my, we went, me and my wife went to go see it. I literally like the movie. I don't even remember what it's called. I don't either. Don't think twice or D something. Maybe. Or stop thinking. Um, quit your job. I don't quit, know. Quit your job. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Birbiglia movie. <laughs> Whatever it was, it's, it's so, I like, it's like so impactful in my life. I don't remember the fucking title of it. So me and my wife went to go see it. I had taught two improv classes that day. And then I like ran to the theater. We met, we went and watched it. And the whole movie is like, first off, it's about an improv couple breaking up, which yep. is what me and my wife were at the time. We were like a couple that met doing improv. And... I'm also identifying with Berbiglia's character in the movie, which is not good. That's not the character you want to be in the <laughs> no. movie. Like the desperate guy that got left That's behind by his improv students. Yeah. So yeah, I remember like the movie ended. We like sat outside on a bench and talked for hours. I feel like we almost broke up. Like, oh wow. It was this really intense conversation about, I think I need to like change the direction of my life. Like I'm not, I don't think this is what I want to be doing. Oh wow. And then about a week later, I, uh, this is weird, but related. I passed out at the top of a, a flight of subway stairs because I was so exhausted. I was working all these jobs and doing improv and just trying to make improv my life. And I passed out at the top of a flight of subway stairs and fell down. Ooh. And I, I just, I remember all I did is like, I remember being tired at the top and I woke up at the bottom and I couldn't move and my phone smashed in my pocket and I'm all like dazed. And so they take me to the hospital. <laughs> I take a cab to the hospital. I was aware enough to not get in the ambulance. And then my wife came and met me. And it was like, they were saying, you rolled down two flights of stairs, passed out. Like, you easily could have died. Like, that's not, it, was a, it wasn't like an easy pass out. Like, I rolled for a long time. And it was just kind of like a jolt to the system of like, I'm going to quit improv. I'm going to get a day job and I'm going to do stand up at night. I mean, I think if I fell down multiple flights of stairs and was told I was going to die, that'd be a wrap for improv for me too. Well, I wasn't told I was going to die. I was told you're very lucky. You're not more fucked up than you are. Like I just had bruises all over my body. You didn't but break like, anything? 
No. Wow. Who, who did, who, you know, who called the ambulance? What did no. people circle you and be I like, I woke up and there was like people talking to me, but I, I couldn't, like, I couldn't get the words out to say Aww. thank you. Or it was, it was, in, it was insane. Like yeah. I was, I, I guess that's what shock is. Like I was just in shock sure. and couldn't like verbalize what I was feeling. And yeah, it was pretty crazy. And so I, I want to go back though quickly because when, when Gordon, who's chewing the bone audience, so if you hear that, get over it. It's just Gordon chewing the human bone. Um, That's going to be the, I listened to your last podcast and it was very loud at that oh, guy's house. Oh yeah. Uh, but this is like a, a, a more dulled noise. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's accurate. Um, I want to go back though, because before Gordon came in, you were saying you chose, you sort of were like, oh, I'll be a funny teacher or I'll be a this, that, or the other to not get in the lane of entertainment. So yeah. what was it that shifted it for you when you were like, I'm not doing the funny teacher thing anymore. Like I really am going to do entertainment. Oh, it was more. failing at everything else. Really? It wasn't even like, it was not realizing that I could just go do comedy. Like yeah. that, that thought really didn't occur to me until after I graduated. Oh, okay. So like I was in school and I was doing journalism. I did that in high school and I, I love sports. So I was like, yeah, I'll be like a columnist. So I was doing that for a while. I just kind of burned out on it. And then I, I have uh, five younger siblings, um, two step siblings and then three real ones. I don't know how you say not that. Not fake ones. Not, I mean, they're my other siblings. Whatever. Biological siblings. I have five. That's the word. Yeah. You're Definitely welcome. not real and fake is not the right way. <laughs> I feel like that's right. What? <laughs> Biological is the word I was searching for. Not <laughs> real, real and, and fake. fake. <laughs> uh, my step siblings, if they're listening, I think they do listen. I love you guys. Um, <laughs> he rolled his eyes just then. No, it was like, I had like younger siblings. So I was like, uh, oh, I'm a good teacher. Like I like kids. Uh, okay. So I started, I entered like a, I got into a program that was for um, uh, like K through six education. And I was uh, I was studying like second, third grade was like my age range. Okay. So I did that for like a year and a half. And then they put me in a classroom to be a teacher's assistant. And they let me choose the school. And at that time I was watching The Wire. So I was like, <laughs> I'll be like the cool white guy that goes into the into the hood and teach. And then I went into the school and was like, this is the fucking hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Why? So I did that for like six months. Why? Yeah. Why was it so hard? Cause everybody like the economic situations, like really depressing. There was like 29 kids in the classroom. There's 29 kids in the classroom. I want to say it was like 25 or 26 boys. Oh my God. Second grade. A lot of these kids have like single parent homes, brothers in prison, like just crazy shit going on that I would even hear from, you know, I'm in a second grade classroom. The school goes up to sixth grade, but when I'm hanging out with the other teachers, by the way, it was me and black women. That was it. It was, I was the only non-black woman in the entire school <laughs> and they're talking about their students and the stuff that they were dealing with in sixth grade was like beyond my understanding of the world. Oh, like wow. it was so fucking gnarly. So I just couldn't, I just couldn't handle it. And I, I'd made that decision when I was teaching, like, I don't want to go teach in, I feel like I'm all over the place. But when I was growing up, I was in a new school every year until high school, just because I moved so much because of my dad's job. So I'd been in like really bad schools. I'd been in like preppy rich kids schools. I'd seen all the schools, all you know? Them. And so I was like, if I'm going to teach, I want to go to a school that actually needs good teachers. And so I put myself in that situation when I was 19 in college and was like, yeah, I'm not cut out for that. Wow. So then teaching kind of fell off. And then I was like, I didn't even, I don't even remember what my major was in college at that point. Cause I'd switched it 
already twice. So I think I just, I think I have an English. I don't even know what my fucking degree is. <laughs> Do you have in. a degree? I have a degree. It's, oh, okay. it's in English, but I think I have like three minors. I think oh, I have I like saying. a journalism minor, a communications minor, and then a theater educational, minor. An <laughs> educational minor. Okay. Because uh, I took all these classes. I, was, I also have a leadership minor because I was in a leadership program. So I have like multiple things. Who knew you could get a degree in leadership? Or I, don't know. I, I was mediocre in many things in college, <laughs> but the point is, is I had all these paths in life that I had like started to walk down. I've been like, no, no, that's not right. Walk down this other one. No, no, that's not right. And then the whole time I'd been doing a radio show with my friends where I just kind of fucked around on the, you know, college radio station. And by the time I was a senior, I was like, maybe I can do this. Like, this is the thing I look forward to the most out of all the time I've been in college you know, I would like write sketches for my idiot friends who didn't do comedy and just hand them, be like, you read this part, you read this part. And like, so it was like, as I was graduating, I kind of got into the idea of maybe I could just be funny as a job. And my girlfriend at the time was like an SNL fan. She found this class in New York where you could, it was the second city class. Oh, shit. It was like a, a three week intensive. Okay. And she was like, I'm taking this class. And I was like, well, I don't want to, not go to New York. If you're going to New York, that sounds fun. So I signed up for the class and I came up to the city. We stayed in like a, I don't know, like a cheap hostel or whatever. And I just remember like the third day of class, I did like an improv scene or something and I made everybody laugh and I was like, oh, this is fucking what I want. This forever. Do. This is amazing. Yeah. This is so much better than all the other, like trying to be like a good person. I'm going to be a... <laughs> Fuck that. Fuck I want to tell dick jokes on stage <laughs> so much better. That's right. And so, Those yeah, it's like I really feel like I found it, but I found it at the end of other broken paths that didn't work out. Sure, that feels like the right way to get into comedy, yeah. truly, not being sarcastic. It's funny. You were the only other guest that I've had on that had a radio show in college. I also did. What up, Phil Herdlicka? Thank you for all your support. You're the best. We had a radio show, too, and it was the most fun. And I, I feel like, because yeah. the stakes aren't very high. It's like it's college. It only airs to the, you know, 100 people <laughs> yeah, that yeah, happen exactly. to be listening. It's like, good for you. Okay, I remember so we had, like, we did, a, we did a show where, like, we got to 200 listeners, and we were like, holy <gasps> <laughs> like, I think we like celebrated by jumping in a water fountain after the show. Like, and five of the people that were listening came out for it. And we were like, "This is what it's like to be famous." Oh, it was I such love a that. it was such a big deal at the time, and it's obviously like laughable now. But no, we had a great. Um, it was really fun. It was really like, uh, I, yeah, I think I whatever fell in love with comedy doing that. Yeah. Do you think this is going to pick up on the mic? I have no idea. The truth is, is it's never as loud as I think it's going to be. Okay. Because right, when good. I'm doing my podcast, he chews here. And, and I'm it like, doesn't. This is, this is like in stereo. Yeah. And it doesn't pick and up. And then when you, I can't really hear it too much. Okay, perfect. That's great. He can, he can stay. Uh, okay. So, so <laughs> it is a little funny though, if it is getting picked up in the mic, I kind of want it to be because we, I'm keeping in his entrance. Like he made a grand entrance and because it's a human bone, I'm more, I'm more stoked on it. Okay. He's also making direct eye contact with me as yeah. he chews. It's, He's like, bitch, don't kick me out of here. I'm no. staying. Okay. So I want to get up to, so, so you shit all over improv and everything I love. Sorry and about then, that. No, you're not. And then, so you get into stand up in yes. New York, but they're still beating the shit out of you in the, in the, under the veil of hazing of like you're getting tougher which that shit makes me fucking insane well they're not thinking that when they're doing it they're thinking you know my dad touched me As and this is how I have to channel it this is the only way to feel better that's is accurate. to make this 22 year old from like Virginia feel like a dickhead for 
moving up here. How dare you try? You know what's funny? I I, I won't say names, but like well, there's a guy be. who was particularly terrible, and then like years later he wrote an article, like like on HuffPo or something that uh. was like. Yeah, I was I was wrong how I acted at Mike's. This is how you should act at Mike's. And I was like, bro, this is like the Terminator being like, whatever you do, don't <laughs> rip out the yellow pages from a phone booth and go and kill everybody with the same name because that's what you've been programmed to do. For it's like I wasn't doing that. That's you. Yeah. Read your own article. You need to lecture us on how to fucking act. Lecture anyway, yourself. I won't I won't name names. Man, I want you to so badly. All right, we'll fine. do it after off the mic. Okay, so you so you're getting the shit beat out of you, but you're like, but this forever. And then what get us up to today? So you and your wife moved to L.A. and you're like, I'm going to do mics out there. Yeah, no, it was so I was in New York. Everybody, in, I feel like everybody in New York does mics. Like that's just like part of the comic culture. There is. I mean, I would get up like five or six times a night for years. Jesus, very different from L.A. Yeah. Um, and then. I was like having a lot of success in just these, this commercial acting I was doing and I was kind of getting burned out on it and I wanted to do more stand up. And I thought like, you know what? At that point I'd had friends that had moved out to LA and they were all like working on TV shows and stuff. Yeah. So it was really more of my call to go to my, my at the time girlfriend and be like, let's move to California. I think it's time. And she didn't really want to come, but I did. So I talked her into it and then we came out here and of course she started booking huge TV shows right away. And I booked nothing for like a <laughs> solid year. I was like, this is a fucking mistake. Let's move back. And she's, she's like, no, I'm, I'm crushing yeah, She's it. literally like high-fiving Joel McHale. She was working on the Joel McHale show. I mean, I I, I'll just that. give her a resume now. Yeah. Um, Why don't, can you actually tag her in? Cause I'd actually much prefer to talk to her. Yeah, she's yeah. more successful. Liz, come Liz, on. Liz, come here. No. And then I started to book stuff out here and it was better. It's, you know, there are opportunities out here, but no, we came out here just being like, you know, at the time I was 32 and I just thought, you know, I got to, it's either going to happen or it's not like I have to make the move. Like I've gotten as good as I'm going to get in New York. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the opportunities are what they are here. Mm -hmm. um, and I know there's more out in LA, even if it's not being on a TV show, it's just like, there's just, everybody out here is here to make it in something in some capacity. And yeah. in New York, there's a lot of people who are just like happy to not get murdered on the subway. <laughs> well, Very funny real. people. But like <laughs> the, the, there's a balance between I'm in New York and I'm getting good. And then there's like, I'm in LA and I hate everything I do, but I'm trying to get famous. Mm. And there's like a thing in the middle where like, you can also be trying to get better and have an eye towards your career in the future and marketing yourself or whatever. Sure. And so I feel like I spent enough time in New York to get good. And now I'm here to like, you know, have a career as best I can. Good for you. Okay. And so do you ever see yourself going back to New York? Yeah. If we ever make a lot of money and we You'd could do, do like buy coastal or whatever. Isn't that the dream? That really is a dream. It would just be that. Look, I would live in New York more because my, my family's on the East coast and oh, sure. my wife's family's in New York. So, I mean, that's the hardest part about being out here is just all of our vacations are just going back to visit our family. Yeah. So I would like to just be closer to, you know, family, but, um, I don't know. I tell myself I miss the city. And then when I go back and visit, I'm like, what the, f this is, what fucking, am I missing? I'm mm -hmm. just like, 
I remember the first time I went back to New York, I saw a homeless dude take a shit like 10 minutes in. Like, oh. I barely left LaGuardia. There's a dude taking a shit on the subway. Like, you, I see his asshole open up, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe I don't miss it as much as I think I do. I know surfer dudes are annoying, and people in L.A. are fake, but... And by the way, now I see people shit in, in I was Hollywood just about all to the say, time. Too. It happens well, all the time out here. Now, now it's like, fuck it. I might as well go back. I mean, I didn't yeah. realize it was going to be like the bi-coastal shitting. Yeah. That's a lot. No, I didn't realize I was going to be in the end of like, uh, the fucking, uh, the warriors movie <laughs> trying to walk down <laughs> sunset Boulevard. It's not gotten better since the pandemic. It's definitely, no. uh, it's real intense. I had a, I'm sure you're going to ask me about my jobs. I worked at yeah, the well, Pantages theater. Oh, well, we'll get there. So I'm like right in the fucking thick of it. You know, okay, we're going to get there. Yeah. All right. Well, that gets us up to today. And so, all right, folks, we hope you enjoyed your apps. We're going to move on to the entrees after a quick break. What's the break? Well, it's, I built it in to eventually get funding for this bitch, and then this would be a commercial. <laughs> Wait, but like, is there going to be a commercial? Well, uh, in theory, there should be. Buy Windows or when whatever. When does this air? Whenever I feel like it, but so it's like not going well. Now. It's not going well. So, yeah, probably never. We'll just spank this one. Can for, I tell you what I do for my podcast? What do you I put do? in fake ads. Do you really? I just That's write, smart. I just write joke ads. That's funny. That have, just have punchlines in them. We do, but do you have actual sponsors that you no. can pitch it to? Is it for like My, my mom's Ross? Etsy store sponsored one episode of the podcast. <laughs> And then comedian Dave Yates has hot sauce that I saw him selling after a show one time. I was like, you want to just fucking sponsor an episode? I won't charge you. So it's like, I've had like, I've had a couple sponsors, but like that's not amazing. real sponsors. I love it. Well, that's, that, that was the goal. And someone was like, no, build in breaks is your starting because eventually you can go back and retroactively add commercials. And I was like, all right, cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. So until then, just like, I have like NASA sponsor my podcast sometimes. That's awesome. I just, space. I just write. This is sponsored by, this episode is sponsored <laughs> by space. <laughs> uh, I Although you should write. leave this part in forever because this is really funny. I am. I'm going to leave it in. It's, I'm doing the heavy lifting, but it is very funny. You're right. Okay. So, and we're back and we're, yep. <laughs> you guys, we're starting a podcast together and it's going to be great. And it's eventually going to, we'll get there. We are back and now it's time for the entrees. Okay. Now I offered to send Eric the questions ahead of time, but he said, don't do that no. because I'm, I, I don't want to have answers chambered. So y'all, this is, we're raw dogging these questions. So if he's funny, that means he's actually funny. So it's good. I, I'd rather not know the questions and have my dog menacingly chewing a bone three <laughs> inches from your face for the whole Okay, good. That's show. working. Okay, I'm into it. But he's very sweet. Oh, now, now you're he, petting him. Yeah, oh, my and he's, God. He's giving little kisses to himself. It's very sweet. Okay. All right. Here's the, This is the round of questions. Okay. The ones you didn't see. What was your first job ever where the government was taking taxes out? So some people have said like babysitting or whatever the hell. But like, do you have a job where you were like, oh yeah, no, I did this pizza place or whatever the hell? Uh, my first job, I was at Baskin Robbins when I was 15. Oh, were you really? How mm -hmm. was that? Ooh, the smells there though. It was I mean, fine. I don't, uh, I don't like love ice cream, which is weird. Oh, I guess. You okay. I don't know. It's fine. It's just not my... Which are you it. a salty person? Is it? Are you a, like more of a savory flavor? I don't even palate? know what I am. I like candy sometimes. I just oh. don't. I just. I don't know why. I just. I never got into ice cream <laughs> that much. Okay. But so you, working there was probably easy then. So you weren't tasting everything. I was all not the tasting time. everything, and girls would come in a lot, so I liked that, and mm -hmm. it felt like a little bit of like in high school, you'd be like, hey, I can give you a free scoop. <laughs> If you come on, come on down to balls. the Baskin Robbins <laughs> on 123 in Vienna, Virginia. And juggle my balls. And then I will give you a scoop of ice cream. At That's 15 good. years old, I was too scared to let them see my balls. But... <laughs> I would give them uh, mint chocolate chip. Oh, that's nice. That specifically, that flavor? Specifically that flavor. No matter what they ordered, they're like, I'd no. like strawberry. And you're like, tough shit. I was like, you eat what I <laughs> what fucking you tell you to eat. I was like, I have, <laughs> talking like a Me Too violator, but only for ice cream scoops. 
<laughs> okay, that was your first job ever. What were you, were you the scoop person? What was your title? Yeah, you just I worked behind. You're the everything guy. You're the scoop guy. You make malts. Oh, I remember, I remember when you make malts, yeah. it was like an extra, you had to add extra ingredients and it was a real fucking eye roll moment every time. <laughs> Cause you're like, I don't want to add that milk. Cause only the, only like, like old people, i say old people. I mean, people that my fucking age. my age <laughs> now, <laughs> but at the time when I was 15, like a 36 year old was like a dinosaur. <laughs> They'd come and be like, I have a malt, please. You know, they're like, you know, stro- a walker cause they're 36. <laughs> Um, well, that's Hollywood for you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> that it, that falls um, in line. So like old people would order malts and we would really hate it. That's yeah. what I remember. Is What's the difference the between a malt and a milkshake? I have, I still don't know. I don't know either. I just know like they had like a thing to scoop to put it in to make it the malt and then it took longer for it to fucking turn into a milkshake. I bet that it's like a malty chocolatey powder or something. Probably. Because like malt balls... I bet that's what it, you just, look at you just answering and figuring it out. I mean, look, out. I was an employee there for a year and my depth of knowledge of malts is as skin deep as was just revealed. Okay, great. Like if somebody asked for a malt and then went, hey, real quick, what is that? I'd be like, this could be rat poison. I don't know. <laughs> they told me to put this in and the so first I day I was here. And so I hope no one's replaced this with poison. <laughs> Otherwise I've killed hundreds. I have no idea. Oh, it's one of the bodies that your dog is eating. Okay, so that, so you were a scoop person. We're going to try and be, gender neutral scoop person at Baskin Robbins at 15. <laughs> you lasted a year. So uh, you were working during the school year? Yeah. How the fuck did you do that? Were you also playing sports? Um, yeah, I was. How? How does one do that? I mean, I would work like very part time. Like I think I probably worked like on the weekends a little bit. But you play games on the weekends. So what you'd go? Well, I was on, I, I rode crew. Ooh. So we, we wouldn't, I, I probably, I'm trying to remember now, geez, what was I doing? I probably was working like one day a week. It was very much a job for kids in high school. Yeah. Like they, they had, there was no real reason to have an $8 an hour employee coming in once a week, but it was like. Cheaper whoever, than. Yeah. Whoever owned Baskin Robbins was like, it'll teach them a lesson, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I would work like a couple shifts during the week around whatever my schedule was for crew and crew was only a couple months out of the year. Oh. So I wasn't doing sports the whole school year. How would you bounce around with high schools though? How would you be on a crew team? No. So once, so once my, we moved to Northern Virginia when I was in eighth grade. And so from eighth grade to high school, there were some kids from my eighth grade class that went to my high school. That was the first year that I was in, in a school, the same school for two years or uh. I knew somebody at my school, starting okay. the school year. Like I had friends from eighth grade nice. in, in my high school. And then from there, I was in the same high school. Oh, okay. So like, my dad got out of the army at that point. Oh, got so it, okay. Kind of settled in that area. Okay, and so Baskin Robbins, so how many customer service jobs have you had? And feel free to count, take your time. Baskin Robbins. That's number one. Uh, f- I worked at the Rainforest Cafe. I And this is where we, we talked about that at the Halloween party, and we're going to talk about a yeah, lot yeah. more about that. The Rainforest. Um, I also worked at, I mean, customer service. Like, I mean, I worked at a app called Capital that was like customer service. Okay. I was a tour guide. That's five. Wait, tour guide where? Get specific. I know In where. New York. So I did like a 9-11 tour. I did like a Wall Street tour. I did like a Chinatown, little Italy tour. Okay. Fuck, what other jobs? Are, I mean, all, all waiting jobs count. Yeah. I've had like ten, I've had like thirty waiting jobs. Okay. Like I worked at this place called Dante's when I moved to New York. I worked at the Melting Pot. I worked oh. at this bar called uh, Oh my God, what was it called? The when I was in college, that was my job in college. 
Okay, keep going. Uh, I worked at a timeshare company, which we would lie and say that it was customer service, but it was really just selling an invisible product to Patsy's. <laughs> um, and then I would, what were my other jobs? Those are my college jobs. My high school jobs was Rainforest. And then when I came to New York, I mean, I, I, I was like, I, I, um, I passed stuff out on the street for Children's International in New York for a little bit. Okay. You know, like those people that like stop you and- yeah. Yeah, like they're in like Vegas where they're selling the, people. Give to the children. Yeah, yeah I did okay. that. <laughs> I was a, I was at a rehearsal studio. Okay. How did I forget that? I worked there for like seven years. I, <laughs> I was at a rehearsal studio where I eventually was a general manager, but I started off as like a just Rehe- a, a desk receptionist. Rehearsal for music or for a theater or for what was Everything. It? Everything. It was in New York. Things. It was like, yeah, just a general rehearsal studio. Okay. What else? I don't know how many jobs I've named. Uh, 31, um, two, three, four. I think that's, I think that's five, everything. Six, 36 jobs. Okay. I think that, I think that's everything. 36. I sold tickets at the Pantages, but that was more of a sales job probably. But that dealt with customers. Sure. Yeah. So Pantages is 37. Pantages. Okay. Um, now I want to, I have so many questions, but I asked you when I first was talking to you at the Halloween party, Oh, wasn't working at the rainforest cafe. Awesome. Like, didn't everybody come there? Cause didn't you work there at mall of America? Did we talk about this? No, I worked in DC. DC. Okay. And you said it was awful. Why was it awful? Um, it was, it was, it was fun at moments because it was so awful. I feel like people bonded together, (laughs) but I mean, I was young. It was my first real like I don't say real job, like Baskin Robbins and Foster's Grill were real jobs, but not really. It was like, your first survival job. Yeah. Like this was like, I was in college and I was like using the money to pay to for my rent. Okay. So yeah. Like I remember they used to put me on like kids nights at the rainforest cafe where it, kids ate for 99 cents. Stop. So it would be like a mom would come in with like 13 kids for a birthday the mom would order a salad, so the total bill would be twenty, 20 bucks. Yeah, twenty bucks, and the kids are screaming, and they they like camp out in my section for oh two hours. So it was Don't just do that. so you'd make you'd go you'd work this long shift with a bunch of kids. You work make ten bucks, and you make like ten bucks. It was also like because it's the rainforest, you get a ton of tourists. So can you explain to people, because I, I don't know that they're even, that they even exist anymore, but they I exist. want, they do. Yeah. Well, for anyone who wouldn't know, I, I love that kitschy Disney kind of bullshit, but mm-hmm. ex- could you please explain what the experience is as soon as someone walks in? So it's a stupid place where everything <laughs> is dressed up like a rainforest and there's you like, hate everything I th- love. there's monkeys and gorillas <laughs> and, uh, there's like a dory fish that swims around in the fish tank and there's thunderstorms that go on every 47 it's my minutes. Thing. It's my favorite thing. And then in between the thunderstorms, they play the same three glorious Stefan songs over and over again. Oh, I didn't realize that. And the food costs like, it's like $40 for a hamburger <laughs> that was microwaved. That's oh, yeah. the food is terrible. Oh man. You're there for the experience. You're, you, you are definitely there for the experience. And I'll say this, like I've talked about it on stage a little bit. And every time I say I was a waiter at the rainforest cafe, people start clapping. People start laughing. I get, I've gotten like applause breaks and I'm like, I, it's not even a premise. It's just a sentence. It's I was a, tr- a waiter a at the rainforest cafe. Everybody knows it and everybody remembers it as a kid. Oh. I don't think our friends are old enough to have taken kids there and been like, this place fucking sucks. Yeah. I okay. have a headache. Get me, get me <laughs> get the, the hell, hell out of here. here. <laughs> we all remember it as kids. And as yeah. kids, you're like, I got it in the rainforest cafe. <laughs> like yeah. kids are like, they're losing their minds. Oh yeah. I loved it. But that's not good for, 
tips. Yeah, that the, not. that your parent that the parents are annoyed Miserable. and in a bad mood. Yeah, no. So that's why it was it was not it really was not a very good job as a waiter. But I, you know, I acknowledge that like it's it's fun if you're young, obviously. So okay, so but would you because it was mostly tourists and people taking advantage of the ninety nine cent nights? Would you not make a lot of money in tips there? No, I props. I also didn't make a lot of money because I was a terrible waiter. Wait, why? I was so bad. Why at were it. you bad? I'm very forgetful. Oh, really? I would not put in orders like half my tables. Just not put in an order? No, like I would like take. I would like write down an order and then I would go to the POS system to put it in and then I would just think about like a fight I had with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then like I an hour later, the tables looking at me. I'm like, the kitchen's having issues. Oh fuck! <laughs> no, I was, right I'm out. a terrible. I was. I'm the most. Even telling my wife I used to work as a waiter, she's like, how? How? I don't trust you to walk downstairs and remember that you went to go get a glass of water. You used to get people's food orders. It's insane. Wait, but you had like 30 waiting tables yeah, jobs. because who cares if you're bad at it? They'll keep, they'll keep hiring you. They're not going to call up your references. Yeah, but you're not making any money if you're bad at it. Yeah, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> What else was I qualified to do? Like I wasn't qualified for another job. Like <laughs> That's right. anybody can wait table. You can, waiting tables is what you do right before you murder somebody in your life. Like oh, it's the last so stop before prison. <laughs> so you know the crew. So rude. You, you know that crew. You <laughs> oh, know yeah. that crew. Oh yeah. Oh, I worked with them. I, know, I knew a lot of people that were snorting their tips away at night. So mm. at least I didn't do that. Hello. Also true. Uh, okay. So which was your favorite of all of your thirty-seven customer service jobs? My favorite. Yeah. Um, being a tour guide was fun. Really? In New York. Yeah. Even the nine 11 door, the nine 11 door was insane. Wait, the nine 11 door was crazy. Why? Well, cause I remember training for it. And so to train, you just follow somebody else. You pretend like you're in the group and you just watch somebody else do the full two hour tour. And I'm watching it and it's like super like it feels very like emotionally manipulative how the tour is. Sure. And I remember we get to the part where they're uh where they're like uh the, the fountain is yeah. now there. Uh, the memorial it, it, it had, and they had just finished it too, so it was like new at the time. Because remember sure. it took like a long time. Like, uh, Twelve years after I think 9-11. It was 2014. To, yeah. 13 it was like to 14 insane. that they finished that. Yeah. So you're showing that. And this guy, I'm watching my colleague give this tour and I'm deciding if I'm going to do this tour, like oh. if I'm going to be a tour guide for it, because you have to have, you also had to have a personal connection to it, to 9-11. And my dad worked in the Pentagon on 9-11, so he didn't die, but you know, he, you know, it was an inside job. He knew it was coming. So he stepped outside. Huh. <laughs> It's a good job. That's it's a, a good, wrap. It's a good the joke, podcast right? is over now. No, so, so, so I had a personal connection. So they're like, okay, you can give the tour. So I'm like deciding if I'm going to do it. And the guy's talking at the fountain and he's going like, he's telling a story of like this woman that was like trapped on the 90th floor. And so she had to make the choice to like jump or not. And so she like put her lipstick on and she held her dress down and she jumped and she was a lady till the very end holding her dress as she fell. And I'm listening to him say this and I'm like, he made that up. There's no way well, he knows whether he made story. it up or not. I'm like, this feels gross. Yeah. I'm like, even if that's true, like, who wants to hear that shit? Like, yeah. It feels like it. I, I don't know. I'm not you're smart. I'm not smart enough to say it. Yeah, but it's like it just feels like you're not being genuine about how fucking sad that is. Hundred percent. Right? And so then he, he dismisses the tour. Like they're like, okay, go walk around for 15 minutes. And he comes up to me. He's like, hey man, what do you think? Is this something you want to do? And I'm like no man that made me feel really uncomfortable like just being honest 
I don't know if I could do this every day. And he goes, I make $400 a tour on tips on this. Anyway, cut to me a week later telling the exact same story about <laughs> no, the late. I'm like, and I made it even worse. Oh, I was like, no, you didn't. and she's singing the Star Spangled oh, Banner yeah. as she goes, like $400 a tour? Are you kidding me? What a, what kind of value is that for your time? Two hours, $400? Oh, I'll take God. it. Oh, so God. I just threw all my morals aside and told that story. Oh, my God. I would talk God. about my dad working in the Pentagon, and I would say it in a way where it sounded like he was dead for a little bit, and then I would reveal that he's alive. <laughs> but I would really. And You're here's, a bad here's the way I, I'm joking, but here's the way I actually justified it is the guy was like, listen, man, they paid to go on the 9-11 tour. They're paying for, for this. the stories. It's you didn't yeah. pull random people off the street That's to right. come torture them with these sad stories. They want to hear them. And then so I did that for like a year and I, I wasn't only doing 9-11 tours. I was doing like there's like eight different tours in New York you could give with this company. But that yeah. was one of the ones that I was trained on. Yeah. Um, a lot of people would bring their kids and would go, hey, we haven't told them about 9-11 yet. You're about to tell them You're, for the so first fucking time? I would tell time? kids about 9-11. No. All the time. Would they cry? I mean, kids can't conceptualize no, how it, terrible like that is. A kid about, no, but they don't, they wouldn't cry. It would be like telling, it was like when I learned about Pearl Harbor, I didn't weep. Oh. I was just 10, like, okay, okay. that sucks. A bunch of people died. Oh, Got no. it. Oh, it's like boring. But I that. felt very, I felt very, it, to me, it was wild to think about, obviously, where I was on 9-11. My dad was in the Pentagon. It was a crazy day, yeah, blah, blah, was. blah. Yeah. And here's these people that weren't even alive for it. Jesus. That are just staring at me like, mm-hmm, okay, Jesus. yeah. Little, little, little 10 year olds. Well, cause it literally no happened 20 years ago. So it's like, yeah, that's, but even but in 2015 or whatever, sure. when I'm giving the tour. Yeah. If somebody was 12, they, they were weren't definitely alive, for not it. alive yet. So Ugh. that happened all the time. So then how would you, I mean, so you tell obviously that story of the, you know, the woman that alledly someone remembered put her lipstick on her, whatever the hell, which is such a made up story. Would you and make there up? Were any? There were like literally like dozens of stories like that. Would you make up other ones? I wouldn't make them up. I mean, they, they were stories that like they trained you on. They were oh, like, oh, you're yeah. getting these from the institution that you're given mm -hmm. a tour for? Yeah, they had like a script. Wow. I don't remember if that specific one with the lady in the the skirt jumping was in the on script. Her lipstick. But like there was there was scripts about like the 9/11 museum that they were building, like the um the fire trucks that were like fully intact. Like yeah, there was like you would just walk around the site and, and you'd be like right here was where this was and right here was this and then yeah, it was like a whole I mean, it was two hours. But my thing would be if I were on the tour and I heard you say she put her lipstick on and she like put her hands down and made sure her skirt was, I'd be like, so somebody lived and was able to report back because she's not the one recounting the story of how she put on her own I lipstick think there was and like, I think we said there was like a video of it or something. Good God. I mean, it's so morose to even yeah. like d dive into it now. Like as I'm saying it, I'm like, it is disgusting. Yeah. But like I said, like at the time you you're the broke, yeah, you're you broke money. artist improviser <laughs> blame improv in, in again. New York. Okay. For profiting <laughs> off nine 11. No, you okay. like, uh, I mean, have you ever, I don't know Have you ever been to that museum. Yeah. It's real intense. I was there. I, I mean, I was there the weekend it opened. Okay. So or weekend after, sorry. if you go into that museum, that story I just told, yeah. there's stories like Everywhere. that fucking all the way through it. Well, and there's people that have written stories about their yeah. experience and blah, blah. it's, it's the, it's the short of the Holocaust museum in, in DC rivals the level of like intensely sad. I used to give tours of that too. Fuck off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do it right now. Take me on the tour. Um, 
Okay, well, we're going to get away from 9-11 because this is... Let's stay on it. No, I'm, I'm moving bit more. past it. <laughs> Let's talk about flappers again. Okay, <laughs> I want to know, because I, I have to know, because it, it, I don't know that it will get to it with these questions. For the timeshare company, how the mm-hmm. fuck did you get roped into working for one of those? So it happened after 9-11. See, there was this lady <laughs> that was hanging off the building. No, Okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. How did I get roped into timeshare? Yeah, because that was in New York City. Yeah, I was... No, just walking no, around. no, new uh, timeshare was in uh, Colonial Williamsburg. Stop. My I, mom loves Williamsburg. Wait, are you about to talk shit about Williamsburg? I'm gonna have yeah, to. I actually wasn't going to talk really? some shit about Williamsburg. Okay, I well, tell me the inside baseball. everything you love. What you do? You do? I hate, hate everything. That's the name of this podcast. Now I know the episode's <laughs> name. Wait, why? Timeshares in Williamsburg, though? Yeah, I saw timeshares in Colonial Williamsburg. How'd you get roped into that? Um... I needed a job. I had just stopped working at the melting pot. Which oh. one of my, I, I think it was at the melting pot. I was like, I can't be a waiter anymore. I'm yeah. really not good at it. I'd done it all through college, all through high school. That's how I supported myself. Inexplicably, because you couldn't remember to put in yeah, the letters. Yeah, I hated it. Like, <laughs> I, I was too dumb to realize this now. I realize I have, like, um, I have really bad plantar fasciitis. Oh, my God, but really? But, like, as a kid, I was just like, if you admit you're hurting, you're gay. So I just didn't <laughs> ever take care of it. But as a waiter, I'd be like, man, my feet really fucking hurt. All the time. It was like, in, like, and other waiters would be like, man, my, my feet are aching. And I'd be like, I could cry if I focus on how much my feet hurt right Jesus. now. Jesus. Because like, yeah, whatever. It's just an untreated medical problem sure. to not, you know, That's get the right one. shoes or whatever. Right. So needed old people's I, shoes. I think that was like, yeah, yeah, like orthopedics yeah. or whatever. Uh, now you, there's exercises I do and you know, I'm an old man, so I fucking take care of my feet. But I'm so glad we're talking about this. Let's get way more specific about what you do for your feet. <laughs> let's, let's really make I it wear weird. Compression socks. We're done. I actually do uh, too. I have, these are compression socks. What I have on right now, I live in them, oh, nice. but keep going. So you're like, I hate this. So I, I hate this. I need okay. another job. And my friend was like, I'm, I'm passing out. Uh, all I do is I just sign people up for these tours in Williamsburg. I stand at a podium outside of the outlet malls and I just, People oh, give in me 20, Virginia, I guess. In Virginia, Colonial Williamsburg. Oh, because Virginia. Uh, I hadn't moved it. to New York yet. Oh, okay. This okay. is right around the time where I'm being like, I think I want to move to New York. Got and it. do comedy. I have zero dollars. I should probably save up some money. Okay. So I get this job just like handing out, you know, getting people to give me 20 bucks as a deposit to go take a tour. So I wasn't giving the tour. I was sending them into the tour. It was called oh, okay. off-property contact, OPC work. Oh, God. And I did that for like three months. I was psychopathically good at it. Like I was really, really yeah. Like I would, um, I'm really going to come off like a piece of shit here, but Too late. yeah, it happened. I would, uh, so sometimes I would like just hang out in the friendlies parking lot, like kind of like in my car, like a, you know, like Stalker. a, like a rapist. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would wait to see, I would like look at who had out of town plates and then if I saw a family walk out to their car and I'm like, oh, they're from North Carolina, I would get out of my car and I would just pretend to walk by their car and be like, oh, are you guys from North Carolina? Oh my God, this is so crazy. I have this time, sh- I have this tour that people can go on tomorrow. Were you planning on going to Bush Gardens? Yeah, I can give you some discount tickets here. Yeah, come over, check this out. And I would sign them up in the parking lot of Friendlies. Would they show up for the tour? Yeah. Get out of here. That's They would give me $20. It's a non-refundable deposit. They only get it back once they show up for their tour. So I would make them. Did you start that rule or that was no, the rule? No, that was the rule. That's smart. This isn't even the worst. Oh, God. The worst version is I would wait by this road where you would come off the highway into Williamsburg. And if, again, a North Carolina plate or yeah. wherever, anywhere that's not Virginia, I know it's a tourist, 
would come onto the road, I would just pull my car up next to them at the light because it was a long light. Oh. And I would wave to them. I'd go, hey, 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 roll your window down on the street in my car next to their car. I would go, oh follow God. me. Oh my God. And then when the when the light turned they green, would follow you? I would speed up my car, get in front of them, and I would just pull off onto the side of the road. And then they Eric. would, half of the time, they would just follow me because because people, people are sheep. Because people want to die. And then I would get out of my car. I would put my hands up to show like no weapon. Eric. And, and I would approach them. Oh my God. And when I get about five feet away from their car, I would just motion with my hand, roll your window down. This is psychotic. Is this real? And Tell this me this is, totally is all real. real. And then I would go, hey, I'm sorry. I just noticed out of town plates. And I would pull out my little tour thing and be like, Eric. I was wondering if you were planning on going to Bush Gardens while you're in town. And I would, they would roll their window down like that much. Because they were going to get murdered. And I would slide the little thing into their, uh, into their car and be yeah. like, just take a look at it. It's, a, it's an hour long tour and we hook you up with three tickets for the kids. Would they give you 20 bucks out the window? Yes. Then? And if they didn't have $20, I would drive them to the ATM that, I knew, that I knew was right around the block. Well, that's, and they would just follow me to the bank and get their $20 out. And they would be totally happy because they were getting free tickets to Bush Gardens. I don't know if they were happy. I think they felt Terrified. violated. Mm, yeah. And I, as I say it now, not unlike the 9-11 tour, <laughs> I realize that I've done some unsavory things for money. A couple. But mm -hmm. uh, that is how I saved up. And that, by the way, this was all like that summer okay. after I graduated. And then I was so good at all of this wow. that they promoted me to run like East Coast trade shows for the company. I'll bet, because you're getting in everybody. So then I would, that I would like fly to, or I would drive to Baltimore from Colonial Williamsburg and do like a, a gun show. It would be like all guns and people. And then like just a Colonial Williamsburg tent. And, and, you, I would, and I would pitch people Colonial Williamsburg. I would sell them vacation packages. and Well, that's history, so I could see that cleaning up at a gun show. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, was, I did that for about, I worked at that company for a year. I saved up like 10 grand, maybe a little bit more, maybe like 15 damn. grand. And then- um, Was it commission-based? Yes, almost uh, ex mostly commission. So that's why you were so gangster about it. Yeah, You're like, yeah, I'm gonna get this, my this money. Is my, this is my paycheck. Sure. And then I moved to New York and I promptly lost all my money in like six months. It was yeah, all that's gone. all. I can't believe it lasted you that long. 15 grand, you'd be done I was in two just, months. Out I'd here. spend it all on classes, uh, like of improv course. and yeah. everything. And living there is enormously expensive. That's meals, that's whatever else. I was squatting in a condemned building in New York by the third month I was there, and Eric. I did that for a year and a half. Squatted in a, a condemned, condemned building. building? I sound How like, are you not dead? Uh, you sound like a murderer or someone who should be dead. Yeah. You like vacillate between those two. Yeah. That's, God bless your wife. Uh, so wait, I want to go back. She, so all this craziness was done by the time I met her. Of course. She met me. I was like a man whose feet hurt <laughs> and was like, wanted to get into stand up. but you were following people my, off the road. She anymore. was, she, she's like, if I'd known you when I was 22, I would have never fucking talked to you. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. That sounds I, about right. I was still very, I was still a very nice guy, but I was, I lived a, I you lived a different I life. I lived different a bohemian life. lifestyle. For you sure. did. Um, I have squatting questions, but I want to go back to William. You hate Williamsburg. These were timeshares at Williamsburg. I'm sure I'd be fine with Williams. I never went to Williamsburg as a kid to oh. like experience oh, it. See, I, I only knew it as like the place where I would follow people around in my car <laughs> oh my to sell them tickets to this fucking hell tour. Wait, but it really was for a timeshare for. It was for a timeshare pitch for Williamsburg, though. For Colonial Williamsburg, yeah, like it was like That's the place so was in Williamsburg. Oh, so like, like the, it was. I, I'm not going to say the name of the company. I wish you would, but uh, I mean, I could say you'll have to bleep it. Oh no, don't do it then. Okay, give me more um, work.
God damn you! I hate you so much. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was like so a much. bad part of me that did yeah, that. Uh-huh, I don't know. The I'm so sociopath sorry. part of you. Okay, good. That was that was. That, I, I really of you? feel bad that I did that. Nine eleven. You have to, You should feel worse about. You have to. No, no. I feel bad about this. Uh, there was oh. no reason to do that. <laughs> that was like you're a comic. You of course, o- there was a you reason. You came to over do that. to my house <laughs> to record a podcast, and I said, "Fuck you." Edit out the name. That was a horrible thing. I don't listen. Wa- it's honest. I don't want to move past this. I am really upset that I am that At person. Yourself? You know, it's because you're tapping into the 9/11 That's, tour guy that right is now. So what so it is? Yeah, you're like I'm that like, guy's back. I am. I am a bad boy. Bad boy said the name. Oh, what My a, feet don't just hurt. I'm a what, sociopath. What a what a dick. No, it's okay. I'm it's so funny. sorry. No, I teed you up for a joke. You, you did, had to you do did, it. It's did. my fault. Okay, so so oh, God, I can't get past this. Okay, so timeshares you did, you worked in all kinds of craziness. Which was your favorite of all of these jobs? Of all of these jobs? Yeah. You uh, only could say comedy. Well, I told you, I, I, the tours were my favorite. Oh, I did ask you this already. Yeah, yeah, the tours I got so distracted by the timeshare. Okay. okay. Um, tours were 9-11 tours where you made up stories about dead people. Well, no, 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 no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. No, 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 no. I just want to get very the 9/11 clear. The 9-11 tours were not my favorite. Oh, okay. The tours were my favorite because I also did other, I did like Little Italy. Oh, okay. And Chinatown. And like we do like, we get to get food and oh, I'm glad people would try like up. cheesecake. Like it was fun. Okay. Like, so you the were 9/11 performing. tour was one of, I think I probably got trained on close to 10 tours by the time I was done being a tour guide. Okay. Because they would keep adding on new ones. And sometimes they would go like, oh, does anybody think they could write a script for a Central Park tour? And, and if like, you could, can. they'd be like, okay, they put it on the website. If 10 people signed up, take them out. That's awesome. So like I never did that, but anytime somebody wrote a script, I would always go, I'll do it. Oh, that's super fun. I never wrote it, but I would always be like the first person to like try to do it after the person who wrote it did it. Got it. Okay. Because I was like, oh, I'll get a, if this is successful, I'll get a bunch of the tours. I'll be the only other person trained on it. That's super fun. So, so, so it was a performance opportunity, really? Yeah, it was. uh, Yes. And I would, I had jokes and you get to interact with people. Do you have a tight five about 9-11? Um... Go ahead. What were you about to ask I don't, me? I don't have a tight five <laughs> okay. on nine eleven. What were you about to Do you know the who's the lady on Shark Tank? Um, oh, I'm bad she's with like the older, names. Older lady. Um, she's wily. So she's Barbara. 35. Barbara. Okay. Barbara Corcoran. Okay. Came on a tour. Oh. When I was a tour guy, but I didn't watch. I didn't have cable in New York, so I didn't know who she was. And because I didn't know who she was, I showed up. All the other tour guides were like fighting, and my manager goes, "Eric, do you know who Barbara Corcoran is?" I was like, "No." He was like, "Perfect. She's on your tour." Because oh, they don't, they don't want people to freak to, out. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So I actually thought Barbara Corcoran was like, I guess she came with her daughter and her Aww. grandson. I thought yeah. the daughter was the famous, the person. famous one. Sure. So I did the tour. It was fine. Was I was it 9/11? Like, what tour was it? No, I did the Soho Little Italy Chinatown tour with. Them. Oh, okay, cool. And then afterwards, we're hanging out in like the the Five Points district, which is where like Gangs of New York took place. Yeah, sure. It looks very different now. It's like a sure kids' p- playground. Yeah. Um. And the lady I thought was Barbara Corcoran was pushing her kid on the swing. And the lady I thought was just like Barbara Corcoran's grandma Grandma. (laughs) was talking to me and we're just shooting the shit. And she goes, this is a really fun tour. Tips me a hundred bucks. And I go, oh, that might be Barbara Corcoran. (laughs) Oops. But again, had never seen her before. No idea what she did. Just knew that other people on the tour wanted her to be on their tour and the boss wouldn't let them. Anyway, a week later, me and my wife 
got cable for the first time. And, and you saw her on TV? And I started watching Shark Tank. I was like, fucking shit, that was Barbara Corcoran. I could have asked her to, like, I was literally, like, funding a fucking movie at that time that I oh. made. I was like, oh, man, that would have been perfect. Yeah, you could have fleeced her for more cash. I had no, I had no idea who she was. Missed. I had no idea who she was. Yeah, that's what you, that's the only reason to meet famous people is to steal their money. Yeah. All right, which was your least favorite of all those jobs? My least favorite? It's not like any of the serving jobs were. Yeah, uh... What's, what was my least favorite? I think my least favorite job was probably um, this one serving job I had for like six months. It was this place called the I think I mentioned it. You did. When I was counting. Yeah. And it was like, it was like a, 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 what do you call it? Like a front store for drugs. Shut the fuck up. Like, I shouldn't have said that either. Maybe bleep that out. Okay. Maybe Thanks bleep for, out the name of the place. Thank you for so many opportunities to fucking I'm so sorry. I just realized right now there. that I shouldn't have said that. Right. Edit it but out. But you keep this part where I'm, backtracking okay i will um i said it once before thanks for so many notes okay i got it I gave i'll you, remember okay cool god <laughs> so sorry we're this 56 the, minutes this, in we're uh, doing great there's only two hours <laughs> this left is the worst episode of your podcast <laughs> of all, you ever of all done. time actually of all time um Thank you folks so much for listening. That's going to do it for us here at Service from Hell for part one of two with comedian Eric Helwig. Eric will have just returned by the time this airs from the San Francisco Sketch Fest on January the 7th. But don't fret, you can see him in Idaho on January 22nd for the Moscow Comedy Night. If you can't make it there, he's going to be in Paris, Texas for the Tower City Comedy Festival January 27th through the 29th. This is all of 2022. And then, couldn't find him there? Well, don't fret, fly to Hawaii. You can see him at the Aloha. Aloha Comedy Festival, February 24th through the 27th. He'll be there making you laugh. All of that info and more we will have in the show notes, but also you can visit his website at erichelwig.com for more info there. Thank you folks for listening. We're going to see you next week for part two. (laughs) 